All right. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. All right. That's better. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. You just couldn't hear me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How's your morning been so far? Uh, it's been, it's been good. I had a, I had a bad tooth, so I'm on my antibiotics now. So I'm feeling much better. Oh, well, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. <laughs> how, how has, uh, Corona impacted your, uh, your work? Cause I know it shut a lot of, it shut everybody down really. Well, okay. Mo, mo, you know, I'm mostly full-time teaching now and, uh, we were in the middle of our UIL contest, which is basically the only way theater gets any props in an independent school district. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were doing our UIL show and we were doing good. I think we had a good chance of moving forward and bam, it was over. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, We got passed on our first, our first uh, show we got passed on. We got uh, advanced and then it was over. We got ready to go and bought all our stuff. And done. So, you know, I'm sure just like all the other theater people, you know, you feel like, um, you know, you're you're pregnant and you're never going to have the baby. Yeah. And I don't know what's wrong with this younger generation of kids because uh, they've opened up some theaters, but they can only be open to 20 percent capacity. And uh, they're complaining, man, we can't have any full shows. And I was like, y'all lucky y'all started doing theater when it was popular. When I was a kid, I was doing 20 percent capacity theaters before. OK, this ain't that new to me. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, but I don't know if you uh, remember, but I've been ready for this interview for a minute. Matter of fact, I was so ready. I almost missed you because I had a dream that we were doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, hold on, let me make sure that that was a dream and this didn't happen. So I don't leave away. <laughs> no, 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 hadn't happened yet. At least I hope not. I yeah. You know, not at this time. And uh <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, I'm just so excited, you know, to hear from you and to show you how I've grown because I remember when I first went to Black Arts and Letters, it was doing the uh, Rhapsody and Rhythm. Yeah. And uh, I had auditioned for uh, Sidney Poitier's character in Raising in the Sun. And, you you know, I was new, so I didn't... uh, really know what I was doing. It was really my first levels in the theater. Matter of fact, I don't know if I had my first, uh, I don't even know if I did my first show yet. Wow. um, Yeah, and so I was new, and I didn't get the part because I couldn't project. And, uh, yeah, and I'm more of a, and I was struggling with that a lot because I'm more of a film actor than Uh a stage actor you know and with stage you have to be bigger so you can you know the people in the uh nosebleeds can see you right but but you know but i mastered it finally it wasn't easy but um i can tell by the way you're speaking (laughs) thank (laughs) you but uh one thing you didn't know was i actually went to uh see the show um, and I just so happened to be wearing the same thing that the guy that 
was playing Sidney Portier. I forget his name, but I was wearing the same exact thing. He was wearing black pants, white shirt, red and blue tie. <laughs> and yeah, and my mom went to the restroom and, you know, I was standing in front of the restroom waiting on her and five people stopped me mm-hmm. and was like, man, you were sure was a good Sidney Portier. <laughs> And I hope he just said, thank you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, you know, I tried my best. So even though I didn't get the part, you know, because I was wearing the same thing as him, people thought I was the, uh, you know, people thought that was yep. me. And I was like, I'll take yeah, it. Hey, it'll get you stuck on it, you know, the little accolades. Like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. I could have done that right. So you <laughs> Right. So so you're teaching now. What is your uh, teaching style? Because I know there's a lot of different approaches to acting. Well, my my style. OK, well, the biggest thing, because because kids don't read so much any, anymore, is understanding what a conflict is and how minute by minute we always have an objective, whether we're in real life or whether we're on a stage there when we speak. We speak for a reason. And so most of mine is, for, for me, for me to act a part, I always had to be able to feel the reality of that part. So I guess, you know, I, I, don't, I don't particularly claim a method. I claim them all. I take a little bit of everything and whatever works for the kid that I'm talking to, then that's what I'm using. But mostly... It's about beats. It's about objectives. It's about tactics. Yes. And that's good that you have that approach because that's true. People don't learn the same. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And they don't, you know, they don't realize that, that the theater is a mirror. We are mirroring what we do in society. So exactly what you do in your life is exactly what we're doing on the stage. Yeah. And like, let me ask you this, because I know uh, when I was in theater class, we had this exercise. Uh, Our teacher emphasized that words are weapons, you know, your words are your actions. And so um, he would have us write uh, verbs Mm -hmm. on a sheet of paper and put it in a fishbowl and whatever verb we got that's how we had to act the scene. Like if it was uh, uh, stabbing, right. you know, we would have to, and we would do the glass menagerie. We would be like, mother, I'm going to the right. movies, right. you know, right. act that stabbing out. Or like, if it was like, you know, fluttery, we would be like, Oh yeah. mother, I'm just going to the movies, you know, we you know, whatever verb. And that was just, one of my, he just, in that he just mixed uh Stanislavski, you know, the method with the tactics, because tactics are verbs, and and um, and Laban with the flutter and the stab and the different moves and, and the internal movement that you're going through when you say things in a certain way. So that's a good, that's a really good exercise. Yeah. What are some of your favorite exercises? Uh, <laughs> wow. Um I, mostly the things that I do with uh, kids, you know, it just depends on the kids. I don't really have favorites. As I said, it, it depends on what, where that kid is at the time and what it's going to take for me to get them out. You know, I'm, 
big on uh, researching who, where you are, who you are, and what is all around you. So again, like I said, for me, it's about creating the reality. What is it that you're acting? Who is it that you're, what does it feel like? And, and that kind of a thing. But exercise-wise, gosh, we do all kinds. Most of the exercises that I do, I don't get real deep into the improvisational exercises. I go, we go more for breaking, breaking down our scripts beat by beat, and then I have them come up with their verbs, play that verb, play that beat, and then, okay, change it, <laughs> you know, change it to something else, see, yeah. what else, see what else you come up with. Same with the, with the language, you know, we want to land our language and, uh, you know, going through and deciding what is, what is the word. And nine times out of 10, again, it is the verb that pushes this statement forward. And then we go through and pu punch that word, punch that word, and then try punching other words, see what happens. You know, it's a lot about experimentation and seeing where that kid lands, you know, what, how, what, what speaks to you. Yeah. Cause each character has an objective, right. you know what I mean? Like, I like to think of it as, like, each character is playing a certain game of who can have the upper hand, right. you know, and whoever, you know, you know, and it's true, like, there's been times where I've seen uh, shows and uh, one character has the upper hand in one show, and then I go to another show and then another character right. has the upper hand, well, you know? Well, it should so, be advanced yeah. because that's what we do in real life, you know what I mean? We have the upper hand for these, you know, for this page, but then the beat changes, you know, something drops and somebody else takes the power, you know, the status. So how do we, and how do we show that? So, yeah. Exactly. Now, what, what do you hate most about teaching? Um, <laughs> well, I don't particularly, I don't want to be fine, but they want okay. The, I remember when I first started teaching. I was I went through the alternative certification program, so um, and mm -hmm. well, I applied. Let me say I applied for the alternative certification program, and I didn't hear anything back from them for about two years. And I guess they were trying to get a teacher over at South Oak Cliff, so they kind of called me at the last minute and said, "Hey, you want this position? We'll put you in the program." I said, "Cool." I went to like a one hour class and bam, I was in a classroom. And let me tell you, it is deep. Everything you, everything you fill out from the role to everything is a legal document that you could be called into court for. You know, everything is, is you, and, and there is so much that they want you to do. The kids are what keep you coming back. The shows are what keep you coming back. But the minutia of every day makes it makes you just a little bit crazy. You know, I, I don't I've, I don't think I've ever done an eight hour day because you can't get everything done in an eight hour day. You know, but just just yeah. class, you know, we got to take the same classes over again. Yeah, you, you know, the take the bullying class. Well, the counselors have to give you the bullying class. Okay, well, we got the bullying class. Well, now, now you have to take the bullying class online and get a certificate to turn that certificate in. You know, the redundancy and those kinds of things that are just time consuming because they seem to feel like teachers don't do enough, so they have to continuously give us more to do. 
it's insane, you know, and I think yeah. that's what chases a lot of teachers away. It's not the kids. It's not the challenge of putting up a show with no money or no facility because I can go outside in the park and put up a show. All I need is an audience and, and actors. Exactly. But, uh, it is the uh, <laughs> it is the minutia at which everything goes. I have a budget, but I can't get to the money. <laughs> you know, I have to jump yeah, hoops to get to the money to get what I need. Okay, I could go over to Amazon and find fifty of these things that I need, but they're not a vendor. So you've got to go jump through some hoops and figure out who's a vendor so you can get the props that you need or. You know, especially in theater, because we get odd things. You know, we're not getting, I don't want a brand new stove. I want a stove that looks like it was in the 60s. You know, it, it, so it makes it difficult for the ultra paperwork, ultra logical ISD to understand what you're going through and, and what you need, what you need to get to in order to put up what you need to put up. And then there's just, the, at least in my ISD, there's just the total kind of lack of support for theater. I, I'm at one of the biggest high schools in Dallas, and our auditorium is pretty much laughable. You know, there's, we, couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't host a UIL competition because we don't, you know, we couldn't do the lights. We couldn't do the sound. We, there's nothing in there that we can work with. Yeah, and I and, and I think that's I think that's ridiculous. It happens a lot in brown and black yeah, areas. The inner city too. schools, they just don't they don't really care about the arts, which I just think is so counterintuitive. And I understand you gotta get the kids to pass the test and this, that and the other, but there there, there needs to be a reason why they wanna pass the test. You know, there needs to be a reason why they yeah. wanna come and learn the new and learn bigger words, learn more about the about history and life experiences and theater does that you know you can't play it unless you understand that if people understood how much research we do in our class for one play you know for one for UIL or anything else for one play that we're doing I'm making them research that you know we did sister act well I need you to know everything about about uh what a nun's life is okay because none of us know any nuns yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's time yeah. to start doing some research. Whoopi Goldberg was not a nun. Y'all got to do research. Yeah. So, you know. Exactly. And and, and it's funny because Whoopi Goldberg, she made uh, two statements that I love and quote till this day. I was watching her on The View and somebody uh, called her an actress. And she said, I'm not an actress. I'm an actor because an actress can only play right. female roles. An actor can play anything. And uh, Raven Simone was on uh, Broadway uh, on one of the right. sister acts uh, mm -hmm. runs. And she asked Whoopi Goldberg bird for advice and guess what, what she told like? her listen to the director that's my <laughs> advice to you you know and and it's true because like the last thing a director wants is to be directing somebody and their uh employee comes to them or their actor comes to them and be like well whoopi said it should be right. played like this you know she was smart enough to know because she has a theater right. background too and so she said listen to your director don't have your director mad at me for right. telling you nothing right you well, exactly you know which you get a lot of that also in disd but but uh, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with the her with that first statement. But my mother was an English teacher, so she would always say, 
you know, you add E-R or O-R onto the end of a word that mean on the end of a verb, that means a person who does that, a worker, a poet, uh, well, not a poet, but a worker, an actor, so on and so forth. When you add R-E-S-S or something onto the end of the word, you're saying it's no longer a person, but a woman. You know, you're, you're singling it out. I'm an actor. I'm a person who acts. So I so totally agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, I, for example, like, I actually am interested in being a, a theater teacher. I do teach theater. Uh, do you know uh, Jared I don't know Gore? Jared. Where is he? Uh, Jared Gore. He's an uh, actor in Dallas. You if probably saw... know him if you mm-hmm. saw his. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, he's one of my, uh, you know, students. I tutor him. And I was listening to all the, you know, the hoops you had to go through. And I said, see, that's why I <laughs> teach on the low. You know yeah, I mean? you know, I, you uh, know. The, only, the only real selling point that I can give, it, give to uh, the uh, ISDs is that those kids need you. You know, that, that's the bottom line. Those kids need the yeah. reason. I, you know, went from, okay, I'll try this for a couple of years to now I'm going into, I think, my, my 16th year or something like that is because at the end of every year, kids will say, please don't leave, <laughs> you know, you got to come yeah. because they need you. So that that would be the selling point that I could give you that you'll, you know. Yeah. And, and like, I was fortunate to have both ends of the spectrum because I went mm-hmm. to Mountain View and uh, Collin College and I don't know about now because now you know Gail Cronauer she was my uh, mm-hmm. uh, theater teacher she actually oh, okay. uh, retired uh, this year yeah she was supposed to retire last year I mean next year but you know due to the pandemic she said I ain't doing this <laughs> no, guy stuff right. no, no. She, she, said, right. you know, she, she said go ahead and give me my certificate no, now right. you know I would have if I had the option anyway. but yeah but I would I would, yeah. I would but, move yeah. on well you know I also have my sideline business I do baking so if I had the option I would much rather just bake and, and uh, do theater on the side you know do well you know actually be go back to being an actress or a director in the in the uh, theater world. But, you know, yeah. things happen as they're supposed to. So I'm yeah. going to ride this as long as the Lord wants me to ride this. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer of that, too. But, like, say, for instance, when I went to Collin College, man, I felt I was ready. And, like, uh, Collin College was yeah. a good school, uh, for acting, you know, like if you went anywhere in Dallas, there was somebody from Colin and uh, or at least two people from Colin in every show yeah, in I Dallas. Feel, you I know, there was, was uh, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, you know, they're you know, we 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 talented because they, you know, they train mm-hmm. us. You know, they actually, you know, they do mock auditions like musical theater uh, the first semester taught you how to do you know go to a musical audition the do's and don'ts like don't pick the same song that is going to be right callback you know uh you know pick a song similar to that song you know and uh they taught us little tricks and things and uh when i was over at um 
uh, Mountain View in 2013, you know, not to knock the theater teacher over there. And I'm so glad I came, but Baba Tunde is teaching there now to like oh, save the king, him. But, the you know, my Mountain theater View teacher. Now. Yeah, he's teaching okay, at Mountain fun. View now. They got a good teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I actually interviewed him. He said, I hope my students are taking my class because they excited about acting and not just because I'm <laughs> teaching the class. Well, they'll what's it called? <laughs> they'll learn soon. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there you go. Uh, yeah, man. But, but, you know, the teacher over there when I went, like she didn't teach us like like we didn't learn anything and i look at you know i've been to a lot of the mountain view shows and i had to close my eyes i'm like i can't you know i can't look at this and i mean they have potential you know they have potential but it was just the um the teaching and so i look at that and then i look at you know plano which is a predominantly white school and i'm like this is why i would love to be right. a theater teacher, to take what I've learned from Plano and put it in the brown yeah. and black cities, you know, because yeah. I was the type of person where I didn't think you could learn theater until I actually had a real wow. you know, theater teacher. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've taught people from scratch, from mush mouth up to best actor, you know, so yeah, you can, you can most <laughs> yeah. definitely learn. It is a craft, but yeah, you know what I found, you know, because me and my brothers, we've been doing theater for, for for years and years, you know, when I don't have any money or anything, I call up my brothers and they come and help me build a set or whatever else I need. Now we yeah. partner with Eastfield and they're real good to us. And so we work back and forth with them. But um, um, I find in at least in the black communities, you may find some really good people but there's just not a lot of support, you know what I mean? So for those, uh, for those program, for the college programs or for everything else, I, I know I've had, I've heard of uh, the theater teachers like at Mountain View and different places, they can't get the kids in their class or this, that, and the other. So the quality tends to go down. And if they're not backed, you know, if they don't have a lot of money backing, there's not a lot they can do to then attract those kids in. So yeah but it would be good you know i mean i've always said we need it. oak cliff the stories in oak cliff are you know i'm from oak cliff but the stories in oak cliff and uh, yeah. on into south dallas and not they're so deep you know what i mean if we we could support a huge theater if uh everybody came out to it i mean i you know soul rep is there and uh you know, I always love what they do. So, but they're pretty much what we have besides Academy of uh, Arts, but they don't, you know, they don't do a season where they hire black artists in and such so much. Yeah. And how is black arts and uh, letters? What are they? Are they uh, before Corona, of course, were they still having their summer? You know, cap I'm not sure. You, probably the year that you that you saw me at, uh, <laughs> I got to be perfectly honest, love him over there. And I love that he's been around for long. But the that that year that I did that summer program, the first day I was there, you know, he had me in front of a class of, I believe it was almost like 700 kids trying to teach one theater class. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay. 
Oh yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, I remember that. There was a lot of us. Like you, 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 you would, you would just call out, "All right, who wants to read for this role?" And then you would have some people stand up, and you would be like, "All right, like it, it, it was, it was it, way it was hectic." Hectic. And I was, you know, if you're gonna have <laughs> seven hundred kids, you're gonna have to have more people, you know, and split them up and do certain things. So, yeah, we just, uh, I was like. <sighs> After after a full year of crazy with uh, the DISD, with the ISD, then uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm just not ready for <laughs> crazy again. <laughs> Although I love the kid, yeah. the show that, that that he put together was beautiful, but you know there's just a, it was a lot of uh, babysitting just because there weren't a lot of people there, you know. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, it was always yeah. fun though. And I want to hear about this baking company that you have. Do you have your LLC? Uh, I yet? have the LLC. I'm still, you know, I, but you know, everything is still brand new. So I'm still um, putting together a business plan. It was, it was kind of a, on a whim because I've been baking for a long time and, you know, I would bake things for people here and there and, you know, just played around. And uh, finally I just thought, wow, you know, people are, people are kind of taking to the whole cottage style right now with the pandemic and everything. This might be a time to try it out and see how we do it. And so I did, when I put it on Facebook, I started getting a lot of hits. So I thought, okay, well, let's see if we can push it a little bit. And so now I'm pushing it. So I've got the LLC, it's Mama King's Cakes, and um, and I'm working on my advertisement. I got a little logo, and we're just, you know, right now I'm just kind of feeling it all out, making sure my prices are covering my cost, and and uh, and then just figuring out, yeah. okay, so when do I make batter? When do I bake cakes? And when do I do lesson plans? And when do I teach? And you know. It, all of that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it, yeah. If you ever need, you, you know, and, and I got you. Whatever you need. If you wanna go into business like nothing but cakes and own your own like uh, hardwood building. I my dad's in real estate. In real estate, my best friend she does graphic design. If you wanna get a logo and some cards going, hey, you know, well, we that's what you. I'm. That's that's my next bet is the car. I'm going with the cards, a brochure. Though I to to because I want to try and see if I could get a few corporate accounts, you know, some of the restaurants that don't have dessert right now and things like that, you know, and just see if I could get if I could get enough steady business. So yeah, now is the time to put all the advertisement and all of that kind of thing together. So I probably will hit you up. Yeah, because there's nothing like baking yeah. from scratch. There's nothing like baking from scratch like what's your favorite things to bake cakes or pie I like uh, okay well I, I I like cake better than I like pie so but I'm but I'm good at pie too you know I always think it, it was it, it was almost like an ancestral thing you know I don't know why I started cooking I just started cooking you know so I'm gathering I and yeah. I know I had a lot of cooks in my ancestry i had cooks and teachers in my ancestry and it just kind of rubs into you some kind of a way but uh uh but yeah <laughs> i i started i started cooking when i my mother bought me a little ladder so i could go up to this to the sink reach the sink and 
start cooking and I've been cooking ever since. So I love I bet I love baking cakes. That's my favorite kind of thing, but I do do pies. I do love doing quiches and um and then just regular old greens and sweet potatoes, cornbread, all that kind, of, you know, just regular food <laughs> too. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I say I've been cooking yeah. for forever, but right now I just wanted to my kid keeps and my brother keeps that just keep it just keep it simple right now because you know I can't you can't do all of that and teach at the same time so I'm just keeping it simple just yeah. doing cakes you know I'll change for different seasons and because I've got lots of different flavors and just playing around yeah but 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 I feel like it's gonna do good I really believe in it because there's not a lot of people like the only places I know that you can get stuff from scratch is um is uh the Emporium Pies and then there's uh 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 Credits mm-hmm. in Bishop Arts, but those are like the only two places where you could get you yeah, know homemade desserts, butter, you know, cheese, you know it, nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then like a guy, uh a repairman came to my you know, Aunt Shirley's uh, house, because, you know, all my aunts, my mom had me at an old age. And uh, she had, you know, she had cooked. And, you know, she was just being polite, you know, offering him some food, right. hoping he would say no. <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he said yes. And he, you know, she said he was eating like he ain't never <laughs> ate. She said, don't, you know, d- don't you cook? And she said, not like this. I ain't never had no good home cooking like this because it's a lost art yeah. form. Like, nobody I, knows you know, how and to I never really, you know, cook That anymore. never really dawned on me until more recently that people don't really cook anymore. You know, they just go and, you know, they don't even know, you know, if you ask somebody, how do you make macaroni and cheese? They don't get much past the craft box, you know. They don't know yeah. you could actually make that. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, shoot, shoot. I'm just happy that I can make pancakes. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So everything, you know, you can take shortcuts, but everything can be made from scratch. So. Yeah, you know, and and like I was looking at uh, Selena Gomez has a. Uh, uh, YouTube show where she uh, hires chefs each week and they teach her how to cook. She didn't even know if her stove was electric or fire. That's just so crazy. I just don't even, you know, like I said, somebody who, who you know, waddled up to the to the stove when I was probably five years old, I just don't even, I mean, you don't have a curiosity just to see what would happen. I mean, I made some crazy old things just trying to see what would happen if you do this. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, yeah, I think it's because society is so, uh, society is so um, instant now. Yeah. You yes. know, like, you know, yes. When you go out, get off from work, you know, you don't really feel like cooking. So you'll just stop by Jack in the Box or right. stop by Chicken Express or, you know, go by McDonald's. We live in such an instant society it's true. to the it's point true. where, you know, it's like nobody even dares to try. And, and you have so many more choices now. You know, there just weren't that when I was growing up, there just weren't that many choices. You go out, you were going to get McDonald's or you were going to pay a fortune and get some, you know, so it just, you know, we there were choices, but there's so much out there now that you could get because there, there'll be weeks that I don't cook when they get busy at school and 
you could just go from place to place. But, you know, yeah, but when I was a kid, my parents cooked because that was the best way to get good food. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's nothing like it. And that's why I said, like, there are some, like, restaurants that are dedicated to home cooking, Uh but they're either overpriced. Or they're still not like like and we have this saying it's not like your mom. Right. You right. Know? Well you, you know, know it's, that, that, the, the, it's it's expensive to do home cooking like your mama did. That's why it's so high priced when they do, you yeah. know, because the reason the other stuff doesn't taste the same is it, it's not butter, it's it's margarine or shortening, it's not, you know, it's always a little shave this off. Cause those are the things you have to think about when you're trying to cook and and sell what you're cooking you know will they pay that much for it because it cost me that much to make it and so on and so forth so it's complicated but i say you know my thing is i want to stick with taste i want you to taste it i want you to go yes baby yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because that's true and that's the thing that people don't realize like my friend uh he's a cook we went over you know his house because he just got a new apartment and my uh i'm african on my dad's side we mm-hmm. we're from ghana so we eat kinke fufu jollof rice yeah and um he had cooked some jollof rice and it was so good it was just like my dad makes and i was like what did you put in this and he said the key to cooking is just like you said it's it's important to stay true to the original ingredients mm-hmm. that they use. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, you can use margarine instead of butter, right? But at the end of the day, it's still not butter, so it's still not gonna, you know, it's not, have, have that, that taste. Kick, you know, it's just not. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that that is, you know, I'm well, although I'm learning, but uh, you know, I'm not the you know, I'm not going to be able to make a cake shaped like a dog. <laughs> right. You know. But anytime soon. You go eat the cake you when you eat the cake, you will not care whether it was shaped like a dog or not. So <laughs> Yeah, because they be doing crazy fancy Beautiful. Thing. Like, hey, you I love it. I love looking cake. at it. You know, well, you know, and I always say Artists are artists to their hearts, you know. I, 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 yes, I'm an actor, I sing, but I also like to paint, you know. I also like to cook, I, you know. We do every every art, every actor I know, every artist I know, they do more than one thing because that's what feeds their soul, you know. Yeah, and now uh, are you still locked up? Are you? Do you still have your locks? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm working off for anything. It would have to be for a really, really good reason. Yeah, and and like I'm, uh, I'm actually working on mine. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted them, and you know, with quarantine, I just decided to you know start growing right? because you know I ain't got nobody to look cute for. <laughs> but hey, but cute. um, I love, you I love, know, I love them when they first start. And they're all oh, oh no oh no I'm I'm in the uh, I'm in the afro stage now. Yeah, man. I like it, you know, cuz then, you know, your hair lets you know I do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny cuz uh I've been raised in the beauty shop for two decades mm. and uh I'm learning to love the hair that I have. Right. 
because right. I have this hair for a reason. Right. You know, and what people don't understand is there's no such thing as good hair. Oh, of course. Uh, bl- no. Black people have kinky hair because in Africa it's hot and that helps with that climate. Right. White people have straight and stringy hair because they come from colder climates right. and it helps with that. Do- you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, everybody's hair is, um, you know, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. in their own way. Exactly. You know, but, but I've always wanted, you know, locks. I, you know, I, I even had to stop calling them dreads. Right. You know, <laughs> we call them locks now. Yep. You know, but do you, for anybody out there that wants to start, do you have any lock advice? Because you've been locked up for a minute. Well, you know, see, I did it the old fashioned way. Now, you know, they have the newfangled ways that you can do it with the sister locks and the different things you have to continue to go back but you know I just I braid I got my hair braided up and then I just stopped combing it well you know and it helped when I was when I started my locks I was pregnant and I was like I just don't care just pull that hair back and twist it up and do whatever and uh and that's how that's how I started. I was kind of haphazard with it all, so I don't know if I have any. All I can tell you is, if your hair is kinky, it will grow into locks. <laughs> you know, if you want it to be yeah. neat, you need to keep it twisted, or else they will grow together. You know, I've known some Trinidadian brothers who had you know three locks in their whole head and locks their locks all the way down their back, but it's just three of them. So. Yeah, you know, just whatever it depends on what you like. Yeah. So, but you could do anything with them. And the thing you talk about good hair, bad hair, you know, every hair could do something that other hair can't do. You know, I could do things with my locks that my friends with straight hair can't do. You know, so I'm every every style is cool. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen people, you know, style their locks in in different ways, you know. Yep. <laughs> like some some people put them in a bun, you know. Some people have like a man bun with locks. Yep. It's interesting. It's beautiful. I hope I can hold on. I know I look better with my hair clean cut, but I just want to try something new. Uh, you know, it's the patience for me. Yeah. I ain't got. I want to. Yo, I've been taking liquid biotin and collagen like it ain't nobody's business. You know, I want it to grow overnight. Well, that's the other thing. It's going to teach you patience. You know, the lessons you'll learn from growing your hair out is going to teach you patience. It's going to teach you a new way of looking at beautiful because it's first it's going to be a little just, why won't you do what I want you to do? You know, why does this lock keep sticking over that way when I need you to go over that way? So... It's a lesson in patience, but if you can wait, if you can give it at least like a year or whatever, all of a sudden it'll just fall, you know, and it'll start working with you and it'll do what you want it to do. But you got to give it that time. You got to give it that time to figure out what it's doing. Yeah, and one of the greatest locticians in the world is from Houston, Damian Walters. Mm. He says he don't even like to call it the ugly face. It's just that your hair is going through something, is going through a transition. Right. He said, "You don't." Look, he said, "When you going through something, you don't look. You, you ain't got time to look." You, you say, "Look, I'm going through something. I'm in my pajamas. I'm just trying to get to point A and point right. B. I don't care if I'm in my pajamas. Right. I had a rough right. morning. Right. You know, <laughs> I was being done this way. Now I've got to get used to being done a whole different way. 
So yeah, yep. but it's just it's an interesting experience. It is. I did it, but like I said, I've had locks now for my child is twenty six. So I've had locks for about twenty twenty five and a half years. Mm-hmm. So it's just old hat to me. It's the norm. Yeah. Now I I love how we've been talking for. 40 minutes and I haven't asked you one question yet. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 those are the best, you know, those are the best podcasts because that means that we're vibing. Right. You know, it's not just a ping pong conversation. Right, you know? right, right. And uh, you know, there is uh I feel like Hollywood is getting better with uh inclusion. Yeah. You know, because back in the day they used to say, Oh, well, nobody wants to see a movie with an all-black cast, right. and Tyler Perry has literally built an empire yeah. off of doing, you know, just that alone. Yeah, and if you really, and if you really think about it, most of his um, uh, audience are people from the mm-hmm. hood and women that go to mm-hmm. church. So if he can become one of the most successful, you know, he's not even reaching every demographic. He's just reaching those two. So if he can reach those two and build one of the biggest studios in Atlanta, you know, what could we do with like, uh, not to say that his films aren't, you know, decent, but what could we do with like a regular like african-american sitcom right. or like a regular which he has or like a regular you know african-american movie right, you right. know like i i study a lot of character tropes and um there's uh an interracial uh dating character tropes there's the uh guess who's coming to mm-hmm. dinner where the story is built around the racial uh interracial dating there's the um story like what um uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, uh, her TV show where they don't really, they just ignore race in general. Mm-hmm. And then there's movies where, yeah, they acknowledge race, but it's not the core center of the right. movie. And, you know, the, I think it would be cool if we had, you know, a movie with an all black cast that's just a regular movie with an all black cast. Yeah, like you Black know, Panther was. You know, Black Panther, that was, that's why Black Panther was so big. Besides having a superhero, it was a real blockbuster movie made with Black people. You know, what a concept. Yeah, and I think it was the highest rated superhero movie, single superhero movie to this yep. date. And it was beautiful. Yeah, no, it was, a, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, it would be nice if... <clears throat> You know, we had the power to make the movies that we wanted to make. You know what I mean? But me and my brothers have been talking about there, you know, there should be a movie into a series uh, on um, the whole evolution of of, uh, Black uh, Wall Street in uh, Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma's right above us. Yeah. We We get a lot of the people from Oklahoma and you can feel some of the lostness in, well, at least some of the people, like my best friend when I was growing up, their family was from Oklahoma. And there was, you know, uh, you could just kind of feel the hollowness that they had for, for Oklahoma. It, it's, it's an interesting place. And it's, you know, yeah. that would be an interesting 
just the ghost that must be there. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, it, you it, know. Would, it would be so. It, that would be a great subject. There, but we have we have so many stories and so many things that we could do. It's just nobody would yeah. think that anybody and, wants to see that. You know. You know, and, and I mean, we're slowly getting better. Like I don't know if you heard the news, but uh, Yara, uh, I think her last name is Shadari. Uh, the little girl, the uh, girl from uh, Grownish and uh, Blackish, yeah. uh-huh. she's she's gonna be the new uh, live action Tinkerbell. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, yeah, they're making a live action Peter Pan, and she's gonna be uh, she's gonna be Tinkerbell, oh, and cool. uh, she looks great for the role. You know, she got the hair, and you know, she, you know, I could see her, you know, playing her, right? You know. And and like say for instance, have you watched uh, Lovecraft Country yet? No, I haven't. It is on uh, HBO Max. It's a wonderful show. Like it's with uh, Junie Smullen and Jonathan Majors. I guess I'm gonna have know. to go and pay for HBO. I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, so many platforms now. I, I'm, I'm telling you. But if you don't want to, you know, after the podcast, there's some bootleg websites. I don't know. If I can... <laughs> but you know, you know, <laughs> you, you know. But love, Lovecraft Country. It's really, you know, a good show. They have an amazing, uh, you know, an amazing cast, and I love that. You know, each episode is like a tribute. You know, like they had one episode that was a tribute to um, Lost City of Atlantis, and it was very like Journey to the Center of the Earth, Indiana oh. Jones. They had another show that was like a tribute to American Horror Story or like a haunted um, mansion. Uh, Courtney B. Vance oh, is, you know, is in it. Michael K. Williams, you know. I'm going to uh, check this out now. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's a really, really good story. And um, the thing I like about it is they have like little Easter eggs. Like there was a group of kids playing with a Ouija board and a boy named uh, Bobo was playing with it. And he said, well, I have fun on my trip. And the Ouija board said, no, that boy represented Emmett Till. Oh. They didn't come out and say he was Emmett Till. Mm. But uh, Bobo was Emmett Till's nickname, which is why the Ouija board said he's not going to have, you know, fun on his trip. Right. And I, um, you, you know, and I, uh, they haven't really touched on the story of Emmett Till, but him being in the TV show, I wonder if they are. You know, eventually, you well, know, that's and really like, neat. That sounds like a really neat show that I need to be watching right now. Oh yeah, love it. And I, I tell myself, I said every white person needs to see it because even I've learned so much from it. Like I've learned what a sundown town is. I've learned what a rough ride is. Uh, and Journey Smullett, if she doesn't win an Emmy for this show, because. I want to say it was episode four or three. She, like, that performance was so powerful. I was like, if she don't win an Emmy, she needs to win something. Oh, well, I just can't wait now. I'm going to have to check this out. I'm going to have to check it out this weekend. Yeah. That sounds really good. I uh, tell you, you get, that. that's the other thing that you can look forward to when you become a teacher. You you know, you lose you, uh, during the summertime. I'm watching the news and keeping up with everything and keeping up on my Facebook. As soon as school starts, it's like you're in a whole different world and nothing else is happening but what's happening at the school. 
I'm telling you. Yeah, but it's a, it's definitely a great show. It's definitely a great show. Um, now to these questions that I gotta ask. Oh, go for um, it. What inspires you the most as an artist? Oh wow, what inspires me the most? The, the um, mm, to be an artist. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if you're inspired to be an artist or if you're just kind of born that way. I'm inspired by creation. You know, anything of of anything. I'm inspired by watching uh, transformation. You know, from can can I transform myself from who I am into this character? Can I transform this this flower into you know a beautiful pink? pink baked up thing can I what how you know the the whole creativity of transformation is what I love I love the transformation of a good story how you are when you first hear I mean when you first start the story and who you are when you finish it you know the the fact that a story can change you and you know I've been a storyteller for forever you know and uh and and I am inspired, you know, everything I see is a story. Sometimes I say, I see the world like a cartoon, you know, it's like you can see, uh-oh, the Rail Runner's getting ready to go do that again. You know, you I can see it in every person. Every person is a story that's walking. So I guess that's what, it, and I'm inspired to put that in front of people and say, look, look at what I see, you know, look at what I see. Are you seeing the same thing? So I guess that's what inspires me to do art, I guess. Yeah, because I feel like the purpose of art is to provoke emotion. Like, I remember going to see the first uh, Kingsman Secret Service at uh, Parks Mall. And by the time I was I was out of that movie, I was ready to fight three ninjas at once. <laughs> you know, I was I was hyped up. And that's what you know, art is supposed to do. I feel like if you go see a movie or a show or even a painting and um, or a concert and you leave feeling the same way you came, then that person has not done their job. Right. Yeah. It's just to, it just, you know, it, it is what connects us as, as humans, you know, and I know it's not the first on the hierarchy of survival, you know, but uh, it is, when we get to the part of civilization, it is the highest point, you know, it is, the, yeah. it is the reflection of what our society is. That is what. Art exactly. Is. Exactly. And sometimes we help shape it. Like they say, we're not essential, but what has people been doing all quarantine? Exactly. Watching movies. Exactly. What is what is helped them stay sane. The next television show that came out, being able to go off into somebody else's world is how we can walk in each other's shoes. You know, there's so many things. I tell my kids all the time about uh, watching um, um, Boys in the Hood for the first time and being kind and being almost shocked, you know, because I was like, I, this, this is, you know, I grew up in pretty much a middle class, you know, neighborhood, and that is not what we were living with an ice cube yeah. you know in the monologue is why don't they see us you know when he's talking about their own pbs but they're not showing us you know it it it, it you know it really struck me and and that's what i you know tell my students it's like especially when i was at south oak cliff because that was their life 
you know, that was the life they were living. And, and so it's like, these are the ways we could communicate. And that is how important your story is. That is how important that it is. You write your story and don't let somebody else write it, you know? Yeah. Now, who are your top three singers of all time? Uh, golly, Willikers. There are so many singers that are fabulous. But, okay, so I painted a four-foot uh, picture of Prince on my wall in high school. And, oh, yeah. You know, Prince is always <laughs> going. I just love, I love all of his little funky crazy and the fact that his music is brilliant. And, uh, yeah. And it's funny because uh, a guy was doing an interview on him and he said when most people play instruments, they can play multiple instruments, but they have that one instrument that they've mastered. He's never seen anybody other than Prince that mastered every instrument every that they touch. And just, you know, yeah. have them all right there on stage and go from one instrument to the other. And it's just, uh, it's yeah. just amazing to watch him and, I, well, you know, I, I can't, you know, all my icons are, are dying off, I swear. But, um, yeah, somebody needs to bubble wrap Stevie Wonder. Okay. I think he's the only one left. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, uh, you know, I'm just the people who come to my mind are, you know, like I've always loved Patty LaBelle because she's just crazy. Okay. She just, yeah. she, she just, there's there's just she'll she'll let a spirit hit her and just let let it go all over the place you know it's just, i just love listening to her yeah. and uh golly williker is the third you know i like i like um a kind of a laid-back jazz kind of a feel too i mean there's so many different kinds of music i mean yeah. and i haven't even gone into musical theater and uh yeah, yeah. And, and and the one thing, you know, the one thing I miss about that era is the class that they had. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, because there are some uh, singers like Lady Gaga and um, um, Beyonce that do carry themselves well. Right. But back back in the day, even the shade that those singers went through would be throw would be like classic. Right. Like I, like you remember when that lady offended um, uh, Patty Labelle on the Tyra Banks show? I I don't know if I saw that. Okay, well, the, I was watching the clip earlier this week because uh, Patty Labelle cooks, and they, uh, she, it was her and uh, a Caucasian lady was cooking also, and they had cupcakes, and she said, "Don't eat the paper," and she was like, "Well, of course I'm not eating the paper. I'm just touching it with my hands." And you know, Patty Labelle was real like she was. Uh, Am I stupid? Because she was. <laughs> Yeah, talking to her like a kid or something. Yeah. And she was like, uh, she would not let that go until she could get it together. Yeah. And of course, and of course, the white lady was like, You over here causing trouble after she done said, and she was like, I'm not causing trouble. I was just saying you don't eat the paper. And she said, Right, you don't eat the paper. And she <laughs> said, No, I know. She said, I wasn't gonna eat the paper. I was just saying that I'm touching the cupcakes, not the paper, boo. And she was like, oh, and the like expression on her face was just priceless. She was like, okay, now you get it. You know? Oh, boy. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and, and she's made a killer off of them Patty LaBelle pies. Okay. 
I'm telling you, both like, people were, and I'm like, go, Patty. They were, yeah. they were, the, what's it called? They were gone off the shelf at, uh, what was it, Thanksgiving? Walmart, yeah. At Walmart at Thanksgiving yeah. time last year, I believe it mm-hmm. was. I was like, go, yeah. Patty. Now, I tell everybody, as a, because um, sweet potato pie is my favorite pie, and strawberry cake is my favorite cake, but I'm a huge fan of sweet potato pie, and I tell everybody, it's not, don't expect your mama's sweet potato pie. Right. But it's the best sweet potato pie you can buy in the store. There you have it. And that's all it has to be <laughs> since people don't cook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Because sweet potato pie is more of a, a, a black thing, which is why you see none but pumpkin pies out nowadays. But um, which is why, and I'm glad that she brought sweet potato pie to the forefront because I'm like, my favorite pie ain't getting no love. You have pumpkin and apple. What about you know? <laughs> Definitely. So, um, you still there? 